The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. So game on the line, potentially season on the line. Their best player in a hospital and Geelong's premiership defence is close to flatlining. But after kicking five goals in the first three quarters of a wet, low-scoring arm wrestle, the Cats slammed on six in half an hour to overwhelm a flag fancy in Melbourne. Now, in conditions that made this a game of will as much as a game of method, the Cats had the will to win the speed to outnumber, the want to hunt the ball and the man and the surge ferocity in the last term. That, well, the Demons couldn't live with. Geelong by 15 points. Paddles it outside only as far as Bruin. Kicks the Cats to full forward. It clears the pack, bounces on and skips through for a goal. Gary Rowan winds it up from outside 50. Lovely contacts and it rides the breeze right through the middle. And a chance for Fritz to crumb it. He sidestepped nicely, gave it to Smith, kick around the body, goal! Kick the ripper there, Smith. He might get on the end of this, he kicks it out of mid-air and goals it! In freakish picket style. Rowan's racing down the right half-forward flank, he receives it, he crossed 50, he kicked the goal. Knocks it down to Pickett, he's on the run, he gathers, he goes, he sides them up and he nails it. Fargo knocked it down, Smith came the other way, Guthrie stole it, outside of the boot, gave it a great look! Rowan on the loose ball, May the other way, Rowan kept it going, dropped May, opened the goal, kicked it! Cats are spinnakers to the wind! Close about to get there, he turned it off the deck, he took the heat, he rolled it to Stengel, he opens it up with a handball to Duncan. He couldn't, could he? From 50, bounce, trickle, wobble, roll, goal! Rivers takes the mark, links it up with Salem. The Cats stay afloat on a night of drenching rain in Geelong. A devastating final quarter burst. It ensures Chris Scott's 300th game is a winning one. A powerful finish. A reminder, I suppose, of what Geelong can produce. And there was another reminder in the aftermath, and it came from the Geelong coach, Chris Scott, actually in the post-match press conference. Chris, you come into the game, lost four of your past five. You beat the rating premiers after being down by seven at three-quarter time. How significant of a confidence booster is it for this group at this point of the year? We're the rating premiers. We are the reigning premiers. A reminder after the reminder, if you like, because what Geelong offered on the field was evidence for me. They can still win at all the Cats, but they're no different to any other side. They need a clean bill of health, availability and continuity, and they've never had it this season. As the second highest scoring team in the comp after 14 games, their latest injury setback comes in the form of Jeremy Cameron, who, of course, was knocked out cold before his head hit the ground and a nasty dose of friendly fire from Gary Rowan. Now, if Rowan was wearing a Melbourne jumper, don't worry, he would absolutely be suspended without any doubt. Comes in, doesn't make the marking contest, doesn't have a play on the ball and turns and bumps and flushes him. It's not too dissimilar to Ryan Mansell, is it? It is interesting in the sense that it proves that there are accidents in footy. Accidents still happen despite the best of intentions. But gee whiz, how about those of you out there on Twitter last night saying Rowan should be suspended to prove that point? You cannot be serious, surely. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. But what about Gary Rowan's performance? To go from racked with guilt and remorse to the match winner, as Tom Atkins told Fox Footy as the game was delayed for 10-odd minutes, Cameron told an apologetic Rowan words to the effect of, I don't care, 
just go and win the game? And didn't Gary Rowan go and do that? He played like he was desperate to make amends. A massive performance, and his influence on this game went well beyond his raw numbers, which was 16 touches, three goals, seven marks, four tackles. Stephen May, he might have had nightmares last night about getting caught in another foot race with the Geelong speedster. Brad Close deserves more praise. His work ethic is enormous. He had some huge plays in the last term and throughout. Tanner Bruin played his best game for Geelong. And that back line, which had been uncharacteristically leaky down the highway, tightened right up last night. Tom Stewart, Sam DeConing, Collar Jasney, Henry, they picked them off all night. I don't know. Who'd want to play Geelong in, say, the first week of finals? Now, I copped it last night. Rarely, in fact, do I tweet during a game, but I did so to praise Stewart's leadership for getting straight to Gary Rowan after he knocked out Jeremy Cameron. Now, I like that. Minutes later, Stewart pushed and injured Jack Viney to the ground after the Demon had a clearly injured shoulder. Now, the outrage over this was enormous on social media last night. I know Kane and Kingy touched on it earlier. Stewart is this, Stewart is that. Some said he should be fined under misconduct. Are, are we reaching for things here? Is it worthy of a financial sanction? It's been slow mode a lot. It wasn't a huge push by any stretch, but was it a bad look? Do we want that sort of thing? Kids watching, etc. Did Tom definitely know that Jack Viney was injured, or was it a reflex action without thought? one 736 is the open line for EFS delivering simple freight solutions. And what of Melbourne, by the way? Off the bye, treated this one like an interstate game, went down the night before, stayed at the RACV Resort in Torquay. But after beating Collingwood, this was a game that had us again wondering if they're really up to it this year. Had the better of the middle two quarters, but again, left some goals out there. Does their forward line remain the issue? I know Simon Goodwin's deflected that criticism by pointing to their previously league-leading scoring rate, and they have been inaccurate the last three weeks as well. So last night it was Fritch, Van Royen, and Smith as the marking targets. Petty returned, but he played back. Do they need a big marking target in a final? A Ben Brown. They missed Clayton Oliver, of course, and I want to stop here for a moment. Simon Goodwin was typically measured post-match, but, geez, he fired up when Oliver's name was raised. The midfielder out with a hamstring, but the subject of rumours for several weeks. There's a lot being spoken about Clayton in the last 48 hours, and a lot of it's incorrect. Um, Clayton had a hamstring strain against Port Adelaide. Um, he then got an infected foot, spent six nights in hospital. As he's come back into training in the last eight days, his hamstring's tight. Um, he'll have scans tomorrow. So anyone that thinks they know better than that, come and walk into our environment and find out. He's off for a hamstring scan tomorrow. We're hopeful it's okay and he can continue to progress. He's training to a certain level, but he's not quite there yet. So um, that's not the type of player that you risk. And uh, we're going to make sure he's fully fit, ready to go. Hopefully the scan tomorrow comes back all clear. But for all the other rubbish that's out there, it's just, it's just garbage. So um, I hope we can put that one to bed. These rumours have been around for several weeks, and finally the club had had enough last night. But should they have looked to provide greater clarity earlier, given the guarantees and promises that came and went without Clayton Oliver playing? Is this one for those concerned or irritated over vague injury reports and the like? one three hundred seven three six seven three six EFS Power, our open line. They deliver simple freight solutions. You're listening to the Captain's Run, and it's for state transport. Our people are your solution. Sam Edmund with you up until midday. So your thoughts on the Cats, your thoughts on the Demons. Would Gary Rowan be suspended if he was wearing a Melbourne jumper? Heaven forbid. Some are saying he should be suspended anyway. They, can, they cannot be serious, can they? And Tom Stewart and the push on Jack Viney. There was a lot to take out of last night. 
Ashley is in Achuca. He's going to open the batting for us. Ashley, welcome. G'day, mate. Hope you're well. I am um, well. Yeah, with that, with, with the bump, like, um, you are right. It was an accident. And the AFL, um, you know, players are getting suspended because the AFL are clamping down on players, um, you know, with their actions. Um, you know, and when you're looking at, when you're looking at, um, you know, uh, the AFL suspending these players for three or four weeks because of an accident, they're not, they're not suspending them because the other side, is, uh, because they, you know, um, the other side may miss out on, on on a player for the week after. They're suspending them because they're protecting the head. Mm. So, that being said, um, what's the, oh, I know I know it sounds silly, but if the AFL are clamping down on on these sacks because of protection of the head, not because of the player next week not being able to play for their side, then what's the difference with um? With uh, with what happened last night, I know I know yeah, it doesn't look great if he gets suspended because it's his own player. But at the end of the day, it's the same action. He, he should he, he's gone in there reckless and he's and he's knocked out a player. And so Ash, Ash, own. hold on a second. Are you are you are you saying that Gary Rowan should be suspended? Can we cut to the chase? No, I'm saying he shouldn't be, but I'm saying AFL should start relaxing the rule a little bit on right. accidents. Yeah, so I'm trying to make a point there. So no, no, that, and that, hey, that's Ash. That's fair enough. And a lot of people making this point last night as well. That hey, here is Exhibit A for the fact that there are still accidents in the game. And I think the AFL still acknowledge that. There's been cases this year where players have been let off, but geez, it's a small window, isn't it? And a lot of people drawing the link between that and Ryan Mansell. I know one was a marking contest and one was a bouncing ball. But in the split-second nature of the game, Ryan Mansell thought he had a play on the ball until he didn't. And I think it was the same for Gary Rowan last night. So I can see the point being made there. Thanks for your call, Ash. Appreciate you doing so this morning up there. Tony's in Belfield as we work our way through the open line, thanks to EFS, one 736 736 A lot to take out of Thursday night football. Tony, welcome to you. Morning, Sammy. Um, just in regard to the Todd Viney and uh, Tom Stewart nudge, People on social media who are overreacting need to realise that modern-day form of journalism is to find non-stories and make them something bigger than they are because there are too many journalists around and not enough jobs. And the job of the people on social media is to get whipped up into a frenzy and overreact like, uh, like brain-dead minions. So just remember that when you're reading social media. But can I just say something about the, um, the Jeremy Cameron hit? It was interesting on watching on television. You could see straight away that he was knocked out before he hit the ground. And as the camera panned across to follow the ball towards the goal, the commentators had no idea. Are they actually at the game these days or are they still in their home states watching via a, a feed? Because they didn't seem to know about it for about 30 seconds. And I was wondering about what the outcome was. It was very strange, Tony. Now, I was watching it via KO for the record, but they just totally missed it. And they are at the ground, to answer your question, Channel 7. They do go to the venue. Um, but the incident happened... It was seemingly missed. You could probably maybe excuse that. Then the replay was shown almost immediately. That was missed as well. And then no other replay was shown for some time. Jeremy Cameron, obviously motionless, the the doctors and and medics around him, and then the stretcher. And for a long time, they didn't know who was down. So it was, I'm with you, very, very strange um, that that wasn't picked up by the broadcaster. A lot of texts coming through. I'm parking them as we speak. They're on the 40 Wings Temper 0433981116 temper a mattress like no other. There's a lot coming through. We'll read them as the morning unfolds. Thanks for the call, Tony. Tom is down at Thomastown. Tom, a shout out, I'm assuming, for Tanner Bruin. He had a great game last night. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get to Tanner. I just wanted to raise one other thing. And um, it may not have been so clear on TV because I, referenced, I, I had this conversation with 
my dad who watched on KO and he and he didn't notice. But I was listening to uh, at the end because I was working and uh, and uh, uh, Jared um, Jared made the point that um, the Geelong fans were booing uh, Gary Rowan after you know the, the very next time he got the ball after the Cameron hit. He he sort of said, "Look, I think they're doing it in jest, but." You know, Geelong fans should be better than that. They know Gary Bowen is a confidence player. They know it was an accident. They know that the, he would have felt so small after doing that. And then to be booed by your own fans, you know, for a confidence player, it, it would have felt, you know, absolutely terrible. And, you know, just, you know, so, you know I'm so proud of him to stand up and play like he did and win at the game in a crutch match yep. like he did last year. It's just a jet. I've got so much time for Gary Rowan and his life and his story. And, yeah, huge fan for him. And Tanner Broon, you know, um, you know he, he showed up for opportunities at GWS. Obviously, highly talented uh, Geelong boy came, came home and, um, you know, sort of was in and out of the side a little bit earlier this year, sort of was sent back to the VFL and, He's come back and, wow, has he come back hard. And, you know, Dangerfield not there. And who steps to the fore? It's Tanner Broon. And he's going to be the leader of that midfield in coming years. And, you know, he just looks like a jet. And I can't wait to see what, um, what we've got for the next 15 years with Tanner Broon. So good on him and go Cats. And nicely done, Tom. Yeah, I was a bit taken by Tanner's performance as well. And I, something you touched on there, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know that uh, Geelong supporters, as you say, were booing Gary Rowan. So if you were there last night and you had a, a sample of that, a take on that, if it actually happened, I'd love to hear. one three hundred. That's a curious case and a curious night. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Andrew, Bruno, Billy and Baz, sit tight. I'm going to take all of your calls and more. A lot of texts coming in. Just read this one out quickly. The point is not that Rowan should be suspended. It's that no player should be suspended for a football act that accidentally concusses an opponent. As in the Sicily case, where you were going well until that last sentence. We cannot draw a comparison between that and the Sicily case. A split-second bump versus a slinging tackle. Now, I might be in the minority here. I completely agreed with the James Sicily suspension. He had a lot longer to know what he was doing. I don't put them in the same category at all. We'll take a break. Our first one on the captain's run. We're off and running. Sit tight, Andrew, Bruno, Billy and Baz. We'll be back. I'll run you through the McCafe menu as well. But first and foremost, all about your judgment, your takeaway and your assessment of last night. Geelong's 15-point win over Melbourne. I tell you what, the texts, the calls are going absolutely nuts. Gary Rowan, I was at the game, did not hear supporters boo him. They cheered every time he went in. I was in the hickey stand last night, didn't hear one boo. Absolute BS. Says triple four. Are we getting confused with the Van Roy and the Rue or something? Did, did that happen in the vicinity? Perhaps. Andrea is in Geelong. Andrea, what was your take on it? Yeah, no, definitely. If anything, people were cheering him more. There was yep. no booing, and I think it was confused with the Van Royen. People were supporting Gary Rowan full on. No booing by the supporters at all. Uh, thanks for the clarification, Andrea. It was a strange night. That would have taken it to a whole other level. Appreciate it. Um, morning, Sam. Thoughts on the steward shove on Viney when he was clearly in pain? I thought it was pretty ordinary. I take it the worst he can expect is a fine dingo. Derek up in Brisbane, uh, that would be the worst dingo if it even gets to that. Steve says here, Viney chicken winged him. 
Stuart wouldn't have reacted that way otherwise. I'd push him too. Down to Warnable, where we find Scott. G'day, Scotty. Here you go, Sam. Good, mate. Mate, yeah, I was down the game last night. Um, yeah, not a chance that anyone was booing uh, Gary Rowan after that incident. Um, obviously, some confusion there. Um, the push from Stuart, um, I'm not sure we're fair thinking, are we, about this? <laughs> no, no case to answer? Oh, I would have thought so. I was, look, I'm not even sure he, thought, he knew he was injured. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I just give him a little bit of a shove because he was in his road. His reputation precedes him in many ways, Scotty, but I think he potentially deserves the benefit of the doubt on it as well. And the force was oh, inconsequential, surely, wasn't it? Um, but, yep, uh, you're welcome to have your say on it. A lot of people disagree with you. A lot of people agree with you, Scotty. It's the nature of the beast the morning after. Thanks for, for calling in. Alistair's down in Geelong as well. Al, welcome to the captain's run. Thank you very much. Um, I was there last night, and I can categorically say that they didn't boo Gary Rowan. Dwayne was speaking, and I think he said that he thought they were. Um, but no, every time Gary Rowan was um, come to the bench at one stage and got a standing ovation from Geelong fans, and it might be stretching it a bit, but if there's any booing, it was rue against the uh, the Richmond players. So no, I can say there was no booing that I heard. No, nicely done, Al. Thanks for the clear up. Tim's text in. In regards to my take on James Sisley, in the minority, you're not kidding. What else was Sisley supposed to do? Sisley tackled around the waist. He was perpendicular to the ground when he started the tackle. The only way he could have done differently was to not tackle. I disagree with that. I thought it was two motions. He slung him into the ground. Tim, that was my take. James Sisley, I think, deserved the three weeks. You can't sling a player's head into the ground. I think there was opportunity for him to, to do something else. My take. Billy's in Ascot Vale, and I, I don't think I don't think I'm getting a lot of love here from from the <laughs> from the guys from the guys back of house here. I thought he had a long time to to find an alternative. Billy, you're in Ascot Vale. Welcome to you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Morning, Savvy. Yeah, just quick. I'm not a Geelong supporter, and I don't want to see Rowan get knocked out. But it's a bit of a grey area. Would people think now it's okay to concuss uh, your own player, but not the opposition? You can get away with it. Would people think that way now? Uh, yeah, Billy. Yeah, no, look, uh, Gary Rowan cannot be rubbed out. It's just a ridiculous comment. It's a ridiculous thing to even suggest. And people saying the only difference is their teammates. Well, it's a pretty big only difference. Pretty big only difference. I will I will say, though, that it does feed into the narrative that accidents still happen in the game. And, and, and you can't legislate for absolutely everything in the game. And, and that will be the point that we all come back to out of last night, Gary Rowan's completely accidental bump on his own teammate, Jeremy Cameron. Uh, Jared Waitley also mentioned the booing on AFL Nation call last night. He definitely was, it definitely was from a small pocket. I find that very hard to believe, um, but I wasn't there. So hard to, hard to disagree. Maddie, you're in Mount Waverley, the Sicily tackle, which we can, there's a lot out of last night, but we can go further back if you like. Welcome to you. Thanks, mate. Look, I want to make two points if I can. Firstly, I don't think you can be so narrow-minded to say you can't draw a link between the Rowan incident and the Sicily incident. No one's saying they're the same incident. What they're saying is they're two perfectly normal football acts that happen in a game that have resulted in the same outcome, yet draw a different punishment. So I don't think you sit here and go, you can't compare the two. And if you sit here and say, fair income by watching it in slow replay, that the Sicily tackle was a sling tackle. I'd love to know your definition of a sling tackle because a sling tackle is not just any tackle where a player goes to ground and hits their head. And you're also obviously completely discounting the Brockman element of it. Mm. And I think you're either trying to be provocative or you genuinely haven't watched the incident 
because that is an outrageous suggestion. I've watched the incident a hundred times over, Maddie, and I'm not being provocative. That's just what I think. I don't think Brockman affected it in any way at all. If, In fact, I think if it affected it in any way, it might have actually helped James Sicily because it slowed McCluggage's rotation, if anything. And the difference for me between something like that and something like we saw from Gary Rowan last night is the fact that it's a split-second difference for Gary Rowan. He thinks he's got to play on the ball. Now, it's not until late in the piece, like Ryan Mansell, that he realised he doesn't have a play on the ball and he braces for impact. The difference between that and Sicily, Sicily has way more time than that. No one's saying James Sicily deliberately tried to hurt Hugh McCluggage, but he has time. He has time to institute what the tribunal and the MRO and everyone else has said is that split-moment duty of care. And in their mind, he didn't exercise it. The McCafe menu today, Nick Del Sano is going to join us, but we've still got time for your calls and texts out of last night. Sean Grigg as well, Geelong assistant. Hopefully Mitch Robinson ahead of Spud's game, the curtain raiser tonight. Daniel Norcross, Miles Fitzner and Chris Nowinski.